Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track Podcast. How you all doing? My name's Stu Whiffin, I'm your host. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, a bona fide happy Monday. I'm talking to Rowetta and it's a glorious chat. You're in for a real treat. Um, before we get on with it, a few thank yous. Um, my first thanks goes to uh, Leon, uh, Leon C. Uh, thank you very much for helping facilitate this this episode. Um, thanks to Screwbiz Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, thank you to 76 for producing this. Um, if you enjoy this uh, podcast and it's your first time listening, then go and have a look uh, at the end of this episode in the archives because you'll find over 200 episodes where you can hear me having chats with the likes of Fatboy Slim, Chuck D, Melanie C, uh, Maxine Peake, Sheik, Swade, James Lavelle. Uh, the, the, the list goes on Alan McGee. Uh, go, go, go and have a rummage when you get to the end of this episode and uh, I'm sure you'll find uh, something that'll tickle your fancy um, and also if you really want to support the podcast as well you can uh, support my Patreon page where I put up four radio shows each week over there, uh, video episodes and all sorts of other stuff there um, from as little as about 80p a week I think um, you can find out about all of this stuff at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com Right, let's get on with today's episode. Please enjoy Off the Beaten Track podcast with the wonderful Rowetta. It's Off the Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we are recording. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom, Rowetta. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good afternoon. Is it good afternoon? Oh, it is. It's good afternoon. It yeah, is. sorry, my yeah. bad. No, I do it all the time. Um, before we get on to talking records and stuff, um, I'd just like to ask guests, you know, at the end of a, a pretty bizarre year, how you found 2020, uh, Rowetta, both personally and professionally? Well, it's not been brilliant personally because there's been nothing to do. It's not been no, no social life, really. I mean, I managed to go out to a beach a couple of times, which is nice to see friends and take a break. But I've completely been obsessed with working and in the studio because nobody's on tour. I've been, um, well, I've had access to everybody that's um, ever thought about working with me or I've wanted to work with. Yeah. And it's been amazing, actually. And I've just got so much recording done. Um, without that, I'd be completely lost because all my gigs, obviously, have been cancelled. And we were going to be playing Glastonbury with the Mondays, um, Isle of Wight, loads of gigs in Ibiza, me and Bez, some on my own, um, lots of tunes out, house tunes, so um, nowhere to go and promote them and sing them, because um, you need clubs, really, for house house music, yeah. which is what I really do away from the Mondays. So, yeah, without the recording, I would have been a bit lost. I'm really happy at the beginning, I was dead happy, because I'm happy with my own company, so that's not a problem. Um, but after a bit, you think, God, the novelty's worn off now, you know. And totally. I've recorded basically. I think I think I've, I've worked with everybody I've wanted to, apart from Calvin Harris and Mark Ronson, probably and Carl Cox. But honestly, everybody else I've probably worked with um, that was was on my list. So I'm running out of people on my list now. So um, that's a good no, problem to have, though, right? It's amazing. I've not. You no, know, I've just been in total shock. Honestly, I just think. Oh, that was amazing. That's a great tune, and it's great to work with them. And then somebody else comes along. I mean, just a couple of days ago, Junior Sanchez, who works with Madonna and Katy Perry, and he just messaged me and said, I think it's time we work together. I'm like, wow. And that song's done now. It only took a couple of days. He's amazing. just mixing it now. So because we've got nothing else to do, it's yeah. just brilliant. 
And um, yeah, just this morning, someone in America, they heard my Salado tune and Yousef tunes. And they said, um, we'd like to work you to work with this girl, um, some American girl. And he looked, I looked her up and like, she's massive over there. So it's like, wow. And the tune's really good as well. So um, yeah, I've been really, really lucky this lockdown. But I'm absolutely, I do wake up singing and writing. Yeah. And um, I don't really sleep well because of it. I don't watch TV and stuff. I'm completely, I need a break really because um, I'm going to go to Bezzy's on Boxing Day and have a little break. Nice. Where is Bez down in Wales? It's in Herefordshire, Herefordshire. on the yeah mom on the Monmouth border, I think it is. Yeah. So he's actually in England, but just only just. He looks like he's sort of in the sticks. Like when I see him post these videos and that, he looks like he's pretty rural where he is. Yeah, it is the middle of nowhere, and he loves it that way. And it's it's beautiful. In the summer, it's beautiful. It's a bit muddy in the winter, mm. um, but um, yeah, no, it's gorgeous. And he's, he's him and his lads. They built. Um, a bar. It's very much like a beater in the summer and campfires and all that. It's beautiful. Oh, so, nice. um, yeah, I've missed that in lockdown. I went on his birthday and we were in lockdown, but I went for one day because I do live on my own. I thought I'm, I'm going yeah. um, and kept social distancing and everything. But apart from that, I've hardly seen him, so I can't wait. Boxing Day is family day and that's when we do Christmas Day at Bessie's. So it'd be nice. Lovely. Christmas Day at Bessie's. That sounds wonderful. It is. It is. It's, um, <laughs> I'm mad, <laughs> but it'd be great. Yeah. All right, let's talk records. Um, Rowetta, for track one, I'm going to ask you the song that you think has the greatest intro ever, please. Right, I was going to say, I was really torn, because I was, I was going to say, I mean, there's loads, there's loads of brilliant ones. I wanted to keep it a bit Mancunian, really. I was going to say Anakin in the UK. Right. Um, because I, I just love the intro. Um, but I didn't really have great reasons why, I just love the intro. So, um yeah, so I, I didn't go for Anik in the UK, but I think it's a brilliant intro. So I went for something a bit closer to home, uh, Kinky Afro, because it starts uh, Pills and Thrills, and that was the first album I sang on with the Mondays. Um, it's an important song. It's also got one of the best, everybody says it's one of the best line, first lines of a song. Son, I'm 30, I only went with your mother because she's dirty. Yeah. But it's got a fantastic intro, and now live on stage when we do it, we do a completely different intro, but I love the intro we do now. It's like this massive thing, and it's um, it's brilliant. Um, but I just I just think it's instant. And you also know, Manny said this, that when you play it, when the DJ plays it, you're guaranteed a full dance floor when you put that on because of the intro. Yeah. So that's got to be really the definition of a good intro to a song. If you can fill the dance floor and people just hear the first few bars, yeah. that's got to be um, testament to a great intro. So, yeah, and for all other reasons, obviously, because um, I just love... Um, it brings back so many memories of touring with the Mondays because um, uh, we did that record 30 years ago. So it's just celebrated its 30th anniversary. How this crazy is that? November, I know. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we, it's, it's like 30 years ago, about now, we'd be doing Top of the Pops, doing Kinky Afro. I think yeah. it came out in the November and playing Wembley and, and all that. So I've got great, great memories. And we did the Maracana Stadium and the only video they've got is of Kinky Afro. So I love when the, when the intro comes on and the, the uh, Brazilian fans, they didn't really love the Mondays on the first song, but Kinky Afro was the second song we played. Now what's on stage to this raw because it's the, the only tune really they played on MTV in Brazil yeah. was Kinky Afro, not Step On. So as soon as the intro came on, there was a big raw and they'd been throwing stuff on the first song before it came on. So and it's pouring down with rain. So, um, Yes, I've got great memories. Well, one of the memories I want to sort of touch on there, you mentioned something, and generally I always ask guests that have been on there if they've they've appeared on there. Like, growing up, we'll talk about growing up in in, in a little bit, but um, how did it feel? Like, I I imagine growing up like everybody else, you watched Top of the Pops. And, you know, it it was just a rite of passage for anybody. That's where you saw your pop stars and stuff. How did it feel to actually get on Top of the Pops? It was amazing. I don't think, um, well, it's not here anymore, but I know later on people didn't, look, the younger ones later on, like um, 2000, 99, we did it again. The young ones then, they didn't realise how important Top of the Pops used to be to us. Yeah. I mean, when I first saw it, I would have wanted to be in Legs and Co. or Pants People, probably, <laughs> the dancers, because I didn't really sing at the when I was like, a kid. So that's what I would have wanted to be. But it's like all oh, the acts that we saw on there, I mean, nearly, nearly everybody mined. But we loved it. Thursday night, 7 o'clock was everything yeah. when it moved to friday it wasn't even as good it was that yeah. thursday night and all the carny well a lot of them have been arrested now all the djs that were yeah. on it um 
but it was it was just a different time and it was fantastic. I wish they would bring it back on a Thursday. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. But it was great to know what was number one yeah. and things like that. I know people listen to the radio, but I like to see it on top of the pops. And I love moaning. Bohemian Rhapsody is still number one after 14 weeks. Who's still buying it? If you like it, why have you not already bought it? Yeah. I could never understand why things were number one for 14 weeks, whether it was Whitney Houston or um, Everything I Do, I Do For You. Who was still buying that after 11 weeks or something? Uh, but they were, apparently. Apparently, and I used to think, oh, it's fixed. Somebody must, who owns Top of the Pops must um, be sorting it out. I didn't know how it worked, but um, I didn't need to know how it worked. But I loved the show. I loved the excitement. I loved seeing what people would wear. And then when you actually do it, when I did my first Top of the Pops singing Step On, it was it was massive for me. Even though you had to mime, and I hate miming, uh, it didn't matter. I was just thinking, I hope they keep my bit on at the end, because a lot of the time, I've done a few appearances on Top of the Pops where my bit's been cut off. If I've got a section at the end, it's a big bit for me. Sinking, thinking, I know they cut it off. And it's like, I tried to sing um, before the, before it went off, because you only get like just under three minutes, whatever it was. But um, yeah, step on it. I loved it. I love, I love it now. I love watching it. Well, it's back on, isn't it? Because like it, it, it's gone full circle to the top of the pops now. And on the is Friday, it back on? Oh, you mean they, the repeats? The repeats. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. on the Friday nights, I'm, I'm sure it was. I think it was step on was on the other night because yeah, I got, I got messaged so many times <laughs> and people sending me screenshots and videos of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I've obviously seen it millions of times. I had it on video. I've got it on DVD. I've, I've recorded it myself off the TV and it's on YouTube. But yeah. people felt the need to send it me over and over again, which was lovely because a lot of people hadn't seen it or it brought back the memory. They haven't seen it as much as I have. Yeah. But it was special to me. And remember a group called Flowered Up? I think the singer's passed away now. He has, but they, yeah. they asked me to wear a badge of theirs. So I wore a badge on my leg, I remember, on my leggings. Uh, because it was like, will you wear it on top of the pops? I was like, of course, well, nobody will see what it is anyway, but it was just a flower. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it was really special. And I just remember everybody going, you've made it when you've been on top of the pops. Yeah. That's what people think. They're like, wow, well, you've made it. But even for Happy Mondays to be on top of the pops, they've done it once before on a hallelujah. It's a big thing, a band like Happy Mondays being on top of the pops. Yeah. You know, and getting to number five or number four, whatever number it got to. It was it's, it was big because they weren't they were more of an indie band when I joined. It was more of they'd be number one in the indie charts, yeah. not really the normal charts, top of the pops. And so it was it was brilliant. It was it was I was really proud. You know, I think I did it five times in total. But that first time in nineteen ninety was really really special. And it and I'm I'm forty seven. So when I, I I don't remember seeing the Mondays doing Hallelujah. That's the one with Kirsty McColl with That's them. That's right. But yeah. I've seen, I remember seeing like that on like the chart show and they do like the indie chart every like couple of weeks on, on a Saturday on the chart show. But them performances, you know, when you say that all these people were sending you screenshots and stuff like that, that's because they're probably getting that kind of joy that I got that in yeah. 1990 or whatever, I saw the bands that I never thought I was going to see on top of the pops. You know, I saw yeah, the, I, I, I saw still the, do. When you see the Roses and the Mondays and the Inspirals, it was like, these, these are like the bands that I love. They're, they're, they're on the, they're on top of the pops. And it was crossed over. It was, it was, yeah. It really was. It, it crossed over. And it's like, we're in things like smash hits and, you know, like magazines that we just didn't really, did, it didn't work. It's not the prettiest of boys. Um, <laughs> but I just, I'm speaking for myself as well. You know, like we're not models, not supermodels or anything, but it was, it was just great to have us fitting in. Having said that, I think when we did, um, we did one top of the pops, remember, and the power snap, they were number one. So, not yeah. every, you know, you didn't have to look a certain way. It was just making me laugh that some of the magazines and some of the clothes that people expected the boys to wear, Hawaiian shirts and stupid things like that, I think when we went to America, it was like we weren't like your typical pop band. It wasn't like uh, dressing or styling for One Direction. We were a different yeah. kind of band. So, in 89, when... Um, Stone Roses did Fool's Gold on the same top of the pops as the Mondays. I don't know if New Order were on as well, but it was it was that time where it was like, wow. And then obviously Step On just when it just did so, so well. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, we were doing Wembley this time 30 years ago. And, and when I, jo- I joined him just in the March, they'd just done a place in Witness, you know, like doing quite halls more, like, um, yeah, halls really. And then we were doing... Yeah, arenas, and it was it was amazing. Within a few months, just the the power of one song. I'm not taking credit for it, but it was the one I came on on for. That it, <laughs> no, they became massive, but I mean, I loved them for things like Rope for Luck and the Bummed album. I loved. I love Skrill and G Man, and I you know I love the Andy Weatherall mix of um, Hallelujah was amazing. Paul Oakenfold's mixes of Rope for Luck and stuff. So it was just um, the perfect perfect time, but it did go pretty huge, and it was. Uh, 
a very proud moment for me, all that happening and being involved. Because I like them thinking, well, I want to sing with this band, but I thought they were more of a punk band. Yeah. And I thought they'd have a cult following. And that suited me down to the ground because I was in hiding from my husband. I didn't want to be a superstar or anything. I wanted to just sing in this punk band. It was my dream to sing in a band like The Pistols or Crass, who were my favourite band as a kid. But I knew my voice didn't really fit in with that. Well, I would have made it work and I made it work in the end and it worked out. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honouring highly requested new colours for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Great. Wonderful. Well, for track two, uh, I'm going to ask you the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Oh, it's so difficult, this. So em- emotional because it would have been one of the records my dad left behind when he went um, and went back to Nigeria. Um, so, But it's not sad. It's not going to be a sad story. It's a funny tune that I listened to on loop all the time when he'd gone on a seven-inch vinyl. And he left me with this little bush record player that you slid your, your seven inches in. And it's a portable, I loved it, a portable bush seven-inch record player. And I carried it around with me everywhere until somebody pinched it off me in Heaton Park. Um, some girls uh, nicked it off me in my 2P from a bus fare, and it was heartbroken because it was my dad had left it for me. Um, but I used to play this record all the time, not knowing what it meant, and it was called Dr. Kitch by Lord Kitchener. And um, it was really rude, but I didn't realise it was really rude. It was a ch- My dad had these records that were like... I don't know what, what, what's, the name of the, what's the name of the music. It's not reggae, it's not, it's so crazy. It's, it's, um, I can't remember what sort of music it is, but it's fantastic. Uh, but it was, the chorus was, I push it in, she pulled it out, I push it back, she starts to shout, Dr. Kitch, it's terrible, I can't stand the size of your needle. And I was seven, still singing it when I was about six and seven, sang it everywhere. I push it in, thinking it's, she's a doctor. And my mum never said, Rowetta, it's naughty. I never got that it was naughty, for, honestly, till I was about seven. And someone said that it's pretty rude. Because obviously I shouldn't know. And I didn't yeah. know about sex. That, it's only when I started to do, um, yeah, my uh, sex education uh, from a book that I got called Peter and Caroline that I realised that Dr. Kitch was a bit about that. But it, but it, so, but it used to make me smile because I missed my dad. Yeah. But, it, uh, but in, in reality, I don't remember him singing it or anything. I'd probably have gone to bed when they all used to play the records. Yeah. But it was just, there was things like... Like Hey Fatty Bum Bum, yeah. and um, there was loads of these seven-inch singles, but that was the one that, um, yeah, when I play it, I laugh, but I cry, I don't cry anymore, uh, my dad's passed, but um, yeah, I don't cry anymore, but I did used to miss him and think, I wonder what, because he was, you know, we were supposed to be going to Nigeria to join him with our records, the records he'd left and stuff, and it never happened, so that was probably why it made me emotional, but brought out emotions, but it's not really sad, sad. It's probably, um, yeah, but it was, it, I just, I just uh, mentioned it because it's quite funny that you don't know what, you know, it's, it was a record that meant something to me because of my dad, but it was absolutely filthy, so it's, yeah, it was quite funny, but it's a great record and Lord Kitchener is fantastic. And so, how old was was you then? How old was you when your dad uh, went to Nigeria? My dad went to Nigeria when I was about. I was. I was, would have been really young, but then he came back when I was probably four. So that's. I didn't realise he'd left because we always thought we were joining him. So he left probably when I was two and gone really for good, but he didn't say he had. Came back when I was about four, 
Um, that's when I'll have had that record playing um, the little bush player. And then he didn't come back again till I was seven to visit. But uh, by then he had to admit that he, we weren't going over and he'd married someone else and had another kid and all this. But um, yeah, I, I didn't, um, I always thought we were going over or he was coming back or something. Yeah, he just came over really to Manchester to study and he became a politician and he did really, really well over in Nigeria. And But he got shot in uh, 1992 uh, doing a speech So because he was a big politician over there in Benin. So it was a really sad ending in the end. And it was when we were doing the Yes Please tour yeah. And um, the police contacted me when we were doing that, so when I was away with the Mondays. So very, very sad what happened to him. But, um, yeah, it's, um, but even though it was really sad because he was supposed to be coming back to get us and then it didn't really work out, I never resented that or anything. It just didn't work out and it was, you know, it was cool. I went a bit off the rails and naughty as a teenager, but which might have been something to do with that. But who knows, you know, I could have been like that anyway. Anyway, it like, led to me being a punk and yeah. in the Mondays, so it all worked out fine. Yeah. <laughs> If you're going off the tracks, the best thing you need to do is join the Happy Mondays. That's what you're right at. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just, I've, I've long, I'd always been into punk. And it's just, then when I realised I could sing, I realised my voice wasn't really a punk voice. And, um, but, I, but I wasn't interested in doing anything else, really. And then, so I did, I did the working men's clubs, singing these big songs. But I was, I really felt like it's like putting on clothes that you don't really, they yeah. don't really suit you. I can do these big, big songs like Shirley Bassey songs, but I'm a 15 year old girl at the time. I'm just literally doing it to win the talent competition yeah. or to get me 50 quid or 100 quid from the work events clubs to give me husband, ex-husband. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, my heart wasn't really, really into doing those big songs, even though I, I, I enjoy doing, I do them at balls and stuff now and I do them for charity now, uh, songs like that. Um, and you know I'm really good at singing them, so I and but I do as long as songs are good songs, I do enjoy singing them now because I, I because I write songs now and stuff, so it's completely different. I don't yeah. I don't have to do them every week because it just gets boring singing ballads and yeah and um, even even some of the Motown songs if you sing the same ones all the time, it's just a bit boring to do them all the time. But I do love doing them. At, yeah, as I say, at charity events and stuff, and which I do many of. Uh, because it gets you know people makes people happy and that's yeah. what it's all about absolutely well let's let's stay in the formative years row for track three a song that reminds you of your time at school please the song that reminds me of my school days is bob marley is this love oh, i could well, i was going to say crass but i always say crass because but it, but I, it's not really it doesn't remind me of the school days bob marley is this love when i very first i mean i've had a dad snogs probably before but the first proper way you think you're in love um this guy it was totally out of my reach i thought sam taylor is just a lot older than me um i was i don't know whether i was about 13 but i just didn't think he fancied me he had the perfect uh, flick haircut i can't remember what you ca- can't remember, like, lose my mind today but he had these shiny hair that looked like them american soapy things i remember yeah. rich man poor man they all had the same hairdo perfect flick side pads like with a step wedge um just in, he had the best clothes. And anyway, a few people came back to my flat because my mum used to stay away every weekend because she had a boyfriend who didn't like children, even though I was 13 or 14. So she stayed out every weekend. So he used to have people back. And so he was one of a group of lads who came back. And I just didn't even think he'd even looked at me. But we ended up playing cards. And then the cards went on the table and he kissed me. And that's what, as Bob Marley's Is This Love was playing. I put my cards on the table. <laughs> and it's at, at the same time at the same time and we kissed just i don't know if it's exactly the same time but oh my god it just my heart just even the thought of it afterwards i was like i can't believe what happened i mean we literally just kissed and everything kissed for ages and ages and ages and ages probably and the, the best kiss I'd had up till that point, uh, the longest kisses. And we just kissed for ages and he didn't go any further. Because I was a kid as well. Respect to the guy for not going any further as well. Um, but it was just beautiful, you know, and it's just a perfect, perfect moment. But I love Bob Marley and that album was just incredible. It sounds amazing today. I love everything about Bob Marley. I love, I love uh, listening to his interviews and everything. Um, yeah, just... It's, and the lyrics of his songs are fantastic. But, yeah, so it's probably the first time I've really felt a bit in love. Um, and it was just it was just so funny because it was just a really big coincidence, playing cards, and they just went on the table. And he didn't even set it up. I, should, I, might, I might try that, actually, with someone. <laughs> That's pretty Next smooth. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. It, it was, but it wasn't on purpose. It was my house. It was my flat, and it was, like, my album on. So he didn't plan it. it just, it's just the way it worked out. And, like, and everyone had disappeared to go off with each other. So it was just perfect timing. 
but it, yeah, it was it was it was lovely, and it, it, you know, it was lovely afterwards as well. It was just like he was going off to um, sixth form college, I think, or something. So um, I didn't really see him again, but he did keep in touch a little bit, which was nice. So, how did you find school, Row? Right? Um, well, um, I went to I went to a posh school, Berry Grammar, same as Victoria Wood, actually. Um, and it just it just went wrong. It just went wrong. Um, and it just became rebellious. Um, there's lots of my mum. My mum had um, a marriage that broke down as my stepdad and her. And I really love my stepdad. So I think I just went a bit off the rails when uh, that split up and yeah. I started glue sniffing really. And probably about 14 per year. And yeah, and it just all went wrong. So I just didn't really go to school. There's a six week period where I just went to the Arndale, which is our shopping centre in town. Um, every single day I'd go. But then um, I, was, I was when people realised I could sing one of the teachers, she put this mu- did this musical around me called Trouble in Tahiti. And it was just only about six people in it. I was like the leading woman. It was all for, around me. So I just, I literally would go into registration, go to the Arndale and only come back for drama or if I had to rehearse my musical. And I literally would just walk in and out of that school just for the musical, not do any lessons. And I got away with it. And, you know, I said my mum had a nervous breakdown and I got away with it. So I got away with the six weeks. And I don't know, it was just absolutely... This was a different school, by the way. It wasn't Berry Grammar, it's the school I went to afterwards. But I left Berry Grammar because the fees really were too high and it was killing yeah. my mum. And uh, so, yeah, so I went to, I went to um, a comprehensive school for the last year and just didn't go in at all. Yeah, so school, I was, I was proper rebellious. I did think of myself as a little punk, though, and I'll do what I want. But I was, I was very polite punk, and I, I just liked... Um, it was just... Berry Grammar was so restrictive. It was... If you said hello to the boys, the boys' school, the can, our dinner room was in the, in the boys' school, and the swimming, our swimming baths were over in the boys' uh, school. So you'd see boys going when you crossed the road, and I'd say hello, and you weren't allowed to say hello. So I'd have to go and sit and eat my lunch in Miss Batty's office, the headmistress. So it's just... I hated... I just resented... I don't mind um, being told what to do if it's right, but you can't say hello to a boy. It might be your best friend's brother, yeah. but you can't say hello. And if if you did, you're being difficult. So I just thought it was just stupid rules. And, um, yeah, and I just just wasn't into it. There's, there's just loads of stuff in probably in my um, home life that made me just um, all of a sudden I went naughty. But um, thank God I could sing, really, because at the time I wasn't even thinking of a career or anything. But when, once I discovered my voice, I wasn't even thinking, oh, I'll be all right. I didn't. Look, I don't look at things like that. I just wanted to be happy, probably. And um, and I do, I, 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 I still do, I love boys. So I just, uh, I'd be with boys and doing lessons. And because I knew I was I was uh, pretty clever anyway, because I passed the exam for this Berry Grammar, I passed for every grammar school, or the... Um, exams that, that I took, I was passing. I just wasn't really good at... Um, at doing my O-levels, the homework and anything, I just didn't go into school. So, uh, yeah, I passed my maths and English English language in the fourth year and anything that I took in the fifth year, I don't think I went in for most of them anyway. Um, I'd you... given up by then. And then, then when I left school, I, was, I, I just got pregnant pretty quickly. And it was over then, so, yeah. Was you, like, a school, obviously, you know, it sounds like you was, you know... You were saying you were sort of rebelling, and, and 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 I guess you know this was like when when punk was 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 really happening. Like, was you was you confident? Yeah, I was. I was. I, was. I had a really, really. I was a very popular girl with like the lads and everything because I used to go around with lads more than girls. But um, I, but even I always had a best friend in girls as well, so I was quite confident. I wasn't a singer though. I was just. I was more of, um, I was just allowed to do what I wanted at home. My mum just locked to cry off the ball completely and no discipline. Um, and I was like this really well-behaved girl until my mum and stepdad's marriage split up. And she just literally, she fell in love with someone who didn't like, didn't want to know me. So she just stayed away every week and I just did what I wanted. Yeah. And then the glue sniffing really just messed me up. So it wasn't a matter of being confident. I just completely lost the plot a bit and needed someone to help me. And I didn't really have it. And the, the drama teacher helped me a bit. Um, Mrs. Roach, it helped me a lot, really, gave, gave me confidence when she just said, you're this special child. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, that was really, she put a musical around me. It was amazing. And I started to get people just saying about my voice instead of, um, you know, anything, anything else. It was, it was very lovely, actually. But, yeah, but, um, yeah, no, there's a lot, a lot of stuff I won't go into, but there's a lot of bad stuff yeah. as well. So. Okay. Well, for track four, Ra, I'm going to ask you the first song you remember buying from a record shop. 
Oh, do you know, do you know, because when I get asked this in interviews, which we have done ever since I've, I've been singing, I've been asked about, what, and I always lie and say something cool. No, you can't, can't be cool I, on this one. This is no, the one that's I always got to be a shit one. No, because if it was a single, I can't really remember the first single. I, would, I thought something like My Boy Lollipop, but I don't know if I actually would have bought it. I just yeah. remember playing My Boy Lollipop um, a lot. But, no, the first album that I really went and bought with the intentions about, it was Stations of the Crafts, without a doubt. Um, when it was about, and it was it was early. It was I don't know how old I was though. I don't know whenever it first came out because I saw the Sex Pistols on Tony Wilson's show probably 1976 maybe. So I would have been 10 or 11. So Crass, when I first heard Crass, I just nobody else got it. I didn't have I wasn't like a punk that went round with. I wasn't a punk because my friends were punks. I was more likely if everyone was dressed with safety pins and as punks, I would have stopped dressing like a punk. Um, I was a punk inside and I love the music, but I love this song called Mother. Uh, and it's Mother! Ma-! Um, I'm not going to, I always sing it because people don't believe I'm a crass fan, but um, I'm not going to do that. But I love Mother. It was, I played it on loop all the time. My mum thought something wrong because you could hear it. But I just love the song. I loved it. Myra Hindley's on the cover, your very yeah. own sweet auntie mother. There she is on the front of the star. And it's just a place you wish you were. And it was, everyone, it's, uh, it still relates to it. Now everyone wants to be famous. Everyone wants to be on the cover of the magazine. They don't know what, you know, and she, it, it was, I just got it at whatever age that was. I just got it and I got the, um, what sort of world we were in. It just, it just hit me. Um, I related to it. And obviously because I am from Manchester and the, obviously the Moors murders, it was um, the voice of Leslie Ann Downing in it. It's, it's, it's very, very disturbing, but brilliant. I mean, I just, it just got me that tune. Um, more than, I mean, I, like, I loved the whole album. Um, I, did, I used to skip a couple, but I remember um, it was in my car for a long time. Um, I just, I don't put it in my car now because people do just stop and look at your car all the time because I have it quite loud and it's just, it's just annoying. I don't want to attract attention to myself when I'm driving. But I remember giving Manny from the Stone Roses a lift to somewhere and it was just on, that album was on in my car and he was like that, you have just restored my faith in humanity, because he couldn't believe, people are always shocked, but um, I don't just wear a crass t-shirt, I, I did, really. I, I do, I mean, I don't listen to them now the same way. Uh, because I don't want to be listening to one tune on repeat. I'm, I've actually, I just, I don't listen to that much music apart because I'm always working on music. I write a lot, so I don't listen to much music that that I'm not writing now nowadays the way I would have done. But um, sorry, I've got dogs here, so I'm just making sure they're all alright. Yeah, because um, crash so, is heavy music for a young girl to be listening to, isn't it? I mean, even yeah. like you know, however many years later, crash still sounds so angry and and yeah. you know and 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 and, and so. Um, what's the word? Not aggressive. I guess it's aggressive as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's just making a statement. Like, um, mm. I'm friends with the Fontaines DC and they similar, you know, like it's, it can sound angry to some people because I know them. I don't find it angry. It's just, just bit that forthright being honest, which I think Mancunians can be as well. And, yeah. and, and a lot of punks are, there's a lot of punks that's more poppy punk and Sex Pistols is a little bit, um, He's not really. He's not really as angry as he sounded. Where I think Crass sounded more um, to me more authentic yeah. um, in what they were saying. Although I did think Sex Pistols were at the time. When you see John Lydon a few years, which we did in New York, um, they were with Iggy Pop. He was with Pill. Pill, they say, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really not up on him since he left. Um, but he, I realised he was more like a middle class forty year old or whatever, and he wasn't. John, Johnny Rotten, yeah. that I knew in the Sex Pistols, which, because a lot of people, they're not, they're not really the way, you, you know, I didn't really see, ever see many interviews, I saw the, the couple of interviews, the famous ones, and I really thought he was a naughty punk, but when you when met him and backstage, um, and I've met him since, and he's, he's not this, I don't know, he was a bit of a letdown to me. Yeah. I like saying so he's vicious more, and I shouldn't, because he used to wear Nazis. <laughs> we went out with Nancy Spongeon, though. Yeah. Um, uh, it was a Jewish girl because um, my mum's Jewish, so um, but I really fancied Sid Vicious like mad. <laughs> I did. Um, so, um, well, yeah. I'm interested to know where you're going to go with this one for track five, Ro. The song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Oh, I don't even know what. what oh, yeah. Right. Because this, you mean you could pick any. You've got the love I sing with um, when I was with Hacienda Classical, I'd sing that. But um, it didn't really. And I was trying to think which song um, in particular could go with the ones that you play at the end of the night. 
of certain clubs. But for me, it was um, a song, Reach Out, Sweet Mercy, featuring Rowetta, because it's sampled so many times. And the funny thing is, I'd go into clubs and go, that sounds like me, and I didn't know you could sample me. And there was this, um, is it Eterna by Slam? Yeah. And it, this track, they were the first people to sample me. I didn't know you, I didn't know there'd been an a cappella version to sample me anyway. So I didn't know it was possible. And I was, I'd walk in that center and go, does that sound like me? And nobody knew what I was talking about. It sounds like me. And you think, God, I must have been spiked. Leave the voices in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. And then it had happened, it happened again. Um, I kept saying, baby, can you reach? But my voice had been speeded up on um, Limelight. And I was, I was going to the DJ, whoever was played it. What's this track? Who's it by? And they went, Limelight. No idea. Baby, can you reach? And went, that sounds like my reach out. And it was Todd Terry who'd done it yeah. but I had no idea it was possible honestly so it used to do medding but it, when you think you can hear your voice all the time it wasn't all the time but it would it would happen a lot in the Hacienda certainly and then I'd go to a club in London and hear it there and you're like what's this track that sounds like me and then yeah because there was no internet or anything nobody yeah. ever said for ages your voice has been left on the back of this uh, white label I had no idea that they'd left an acapella I mean I'm glad they did now because it's been done so many times but yeah I really didn't realise so I just thought there was no way of getting a, a clean cut yeah. version of my vocal but yeah I didn't know they'd left that on um, so but through the years it's been sampled so many times more recently with Oliver Heldens which is amazing Rave Machine um, he's one of the biggest DJs in the world and producers so I was really proud he actually won producer of the year this year which was great um, and Boom Boom Pow Black Eyed Peas they sampled yeah. it so but loads of people have so I, I would say when I go into clubs because it, it, I mean it is, it's very flattering very complimentary that out of all the voices in the world they choose that voice and that sample I mean I was starting to go will you stop using just I'm here I still sing <laughs> so, you know you don't need to use a sample just ring me and ask me which they're doing now quite yeah. often it's very lazy that they use the sample and now that they're not touring all the time they're not just going because I get asked still all the time can we use that sample and I say why i can do something similar yeah. i can do something different i've still got the same voice probably better because i don't smoke anymore i don't go out at all at the moment so um yeah so that's what i've been doing recently but i would say that track um like carl cox used to play he played it on his birthday um at space in ibiza and i've got that on it's on youtube now but i've got it i always post it on carl's birthday because it was just yeah it's just fantastic that people people just um, took to that vocal and that I did in 1988, probably, and it's still sampled now. is amazing. Well, I want to ask as well, because I can't not ask, uh, uh, ask you this, Row, but, you know, for someone, you know, at the age that I am, you know, that was going to clubs in London and Essex and desperately wishing that they were at the Hacienda, yeah. because everybody wished they were at the Hacienda. And at the right time, because it ended up rubbish after that, but, yeah. Yeah. On. And so I just want to know that... You know, because I've watched every possible documentary on it and I've spoke to lots of people that have been there and, and, and DJ'd and played and stuff and, and I'm always just fascinated. But, I, you know, was it everything it's believed to be? For a couple of years, yeah. yeah. And it's because, and it's, I mean, I'm not an ecstasy person, it best is, obviously, but I, I, just, I think that, is, that was the difference. Yeah. Everyone took these pills that, and at the time they weren't like ecstasy that people know now, I think... They just—they were very, very happy. They were very made people dance. Um, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm more of a chatter. I, I used to—I was—I was more into chatting than anything that made you chat. I was more into that or drinking. But the whole of the hacienda was full of people smiling, loved up. On it's them. It was the pills, uh, drinking water, not alcohol, no arguments, just dancing and loving the music and and the good DJs at the time. People like Frankie Knuckles would come. Um, and so it was just, it was just for those couple of years, it was amazing. That summer of love lasted probably for two, three years. And from 90, end of 91, 92, it ended up terrible and violent and scary place. Yeah. So I've got horrible memories of it from the end. So I just stopped going probably 92 when we came back off tour and saw a girl getting slapped in the queue by one of the doormen. And you just think, God, this is, this isn't right. Yeah. And then our, the people who did our artwork, one of them got beat up by a doorman. So it was just not for me anymore because it wasn't about the music. It was about money and um, dealers and druggers and gangsters and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But um, early days, it was just a really... Yeah, but it, 
Oh, it's got to be the ecstasy. If I look, if you look at any of the videos, they're all off the faces, aren't yeah. they? Doing. The, I mean, I mean, I definitely bring back rave, but it won't be the same because I've done a just done a tune that's really rave with Salado. But it, but now people are dancing. It's more of a natural dance, I think, yeah. because everybody's not. Even if they've taken a pill, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same because I don't know. I don't know what was in them before. But um, and I don't obviously don't condone it because people no people do pass away taking them if you take a dodgy pill. But there was not many people did pass away in that time, fortunately. Um, and I think you, you could people would just have one pill. And I think they were very cheap to have. Um, you probably I don't know how much they were then, or if they, if they were cheap, I've never bought them. Obviously, but I go do go around with Bez, so I wouldn't need to. Tell him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but no, I'm just not really a pill. But I don't like being out of control, so it wouldn't. Yeah. That's the reason I don't. But. Um, yeah, and now with camera phones, God, I wouldn't want to take a pill and be filled with flipping it. Yeah, so no, it's um, but there was just this because I did used to walk and sit with the with the lads in the corner in the hacienda with the Mundies and with all, all our mates. We used to sit in this. I used to call it Truggy Corner because people were taking all sorts in the corner. But it was it was just where our mates were in that corner. No, nobody either does. Nobody um, the, the security didn't come over and tell people off to smoking weed or whatever they were doing. Um, but on the dance floor and everywhere you went, it was just yeah, love pure love everywhere and everyone dancing. But the tunes were right. The mood was right. The, the clothes looked right as well, and the yeah. baggy. It was all baggy. It wasn't. Um, wasn't all girls dressing up in the tiny bikini and trying to pull a footballer. It wasn't that then. It was all um, very, very baggy yes. and hats and summery and um, yeah. It just, it just, it's just great. It, was, it felt very hippie like, and it was great. Wonderful. Well, let's stay. Let's stay at home uh, for track six. A favourite song from an artist from your home county. This is hard, really, because I'm friends with a lot of them as well. I'm going to go for someone I don't really know the band that well, but I just love the trace. It's probably my favourite. It's certainly up there because I've got loads. Because I said any, loads of Stone Roses, Oasis, blah, blah, blah. But I've not. I've gone for Chemical Brothers, mm-hmm. Let Forever Be. Oh, I think great it's choice. Absolutely. I just think it's stunning. I've even sung it. We do these club nights with Bez and... Um, I sing it when I feel like it because I love it. Um, I always forget the words, but I don't care. Cause, but it just, it's just phenomenal. It's just the perfect song, I think. It just, um, I just think it's up there with Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles, which yeah, just, definitely. is my favourite Beatles tune. Yeah. But it's, it's up there with that and not many songs are. So although I've just done one that's up there with that, with Paul Weller and Gary Cobain right. and Noel, Noel Gallagher on drums and bass, and it's up there with that. Right, well, let's, can, can we talk about that? Yeah, of course. So what, t- yeah. say a bit more about that then. That sounds that sounds. Yeah, the project is by Gary Cobain, is Future Sound of London, Papua New Guinea. And he's got a project. One of the greatest Amorphous, records ever made. Of course. So Gary Cobain asked me to sing on his project, The Amorphous Androgynous, with Paul Weller on vocals as well. I was like, of course, obviously. I was, always wanted to work with Paul Weller. Amazing. So um, there's this track crossing over, Stroke Mantra. I don't know what he's going to call it in the end. This was... Nearly three years ago, it started, um, and Steve Craddock on guitar is just—he's got Kate Bush's nephews on violin, Raven Bush. It's um, it's huge. He's got an orchestra on it, but it's like a bit like Tomorrow Never Knows, and it's a long, long song, and it's long tune. It's got everything, and I'm so so excited about it. And it should have been coming out probably a year ago. And then with all, not because of the pandemic, because he's just, he's just one of them people, people that he thinks of something else and goes and gets somebody else on it. And this is what happened when he wanted the violin on. When I did my vocals, Paul went and redid his because he liked what I did, but then it changed what he wanted to do. And then I've added bits on. And this is all, and he goes, he went to Stanley Road to to Paul's place to do Paul's vocals, came to Manchester to record mine. Um, As I say, Noel Gallagher's on drums and bass. Everybody, when you hear when they hear it, they want to add a bit more of what they've done. So it's taken ages. I I like do my house tunes usually in a couple of days. Yeah. So waiting three years for this to come out is <laughs> kill me. So what I have to do all the time is keep posting about it and going. Hope it's coming out soon, guys. And he's going. Oh yeah, he's reminded. No, but he's, he's the thing that's coming out before it has just come out. So it's coming. Oh, look so yeah, that. It should, it should have been it should should have been spring this year, but everything got delayed. But yeah. now, yeah, he's, he's got this um, this process he wants to go through where something comes out. So is is um, I think it's something like his eighty minute single or his whatever it is has already come out and it's coming out before this one. But yeah, crossing over mantra featuring Paul Weller, me and all those people. It's 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 phenomenal. But yeah, it's um, it's a dream tune because tomorrow never knows. I've always 
thought it's one of the best songs, not just by the Beatles, but one of the best songs ever. And it's up there with that. Oh, well, I look forward to that. Last... I've only got all bits of it on my phone. It's like, I'm so tempted to play it to people, but I want everyone to hear it when it's done. You know, not just hear yeah, all, my, yeah, all yeah. my sections. I've got... Um, Yes, yeah, so I've not heard. He's obviously, I don't even know if he's finished mixing it because it'll be one of them. It's got because we all know it's special. It's got to be perfect when it comes out. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Last track, uh, a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Oh, right. So the so- a song. This is my final one, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, I've just done. It's, it's, it's going to be a me song again because I was going to say crass. But I don't, I don't want to just do a crass... All my interviews are crass-related crass because um, that's a shock to people that I'm into them. Yeah. But this isn't. This is ra- a proper rave tune and a rave tune I've just done with uh, two guys from Manchester called Salado. And a lot of people wouldn't know that I'd be into... I just love it. I love... Um, I, don't, I don't love standing in a field when it's damp and wet. I don't love that, but probably because I don't take pills. That's probably why. I've never loved that. But I just... Yeah, it's called Enough. It's, it's just... The reason I want people to hear it is because, and because it's a bit different. It's because it's a rave tune, the sort of music it is. It's just... Um, it's, it's really about the pandemic. It's just what's happened with us. And it's out on Friday. So I just thought it should be the song that I play at the end anyway. But, um, yeah, I think people will love it. People are loving it already. We've got people saying it's special. Sister Bliss just said this morning, it's amazing. Oh, it nice. takes it back there. We're getting, like, lots of people loving this. Um, Ultra, which is, like, Sony, it's their record label. They said as soon as they heard it, this is something special. I think it's going to be um, Radio 1's hottest record of the week next week. It's Everyone's going wild for it. When I wrote it, I didn't understand it. I just loved it. It's a rave tune. And I've already done the follow-up where they sent me um, a sample of Trumpton. Do you remember Trumpton? Yeah. Yes, they sent me a sample of Trumpton. Um, I know there's been a tune with Trumpton, but I've written something else to it, a follow-up, and it's Keep the Fire Burning, and it's it's a big one as well. But, um, yeah, it's just I've been doing more house, proper house music and a bit soul with Todd Terry recently and things like that. I've just done three disco tunes the last few weeks. But this is a proper, proper rave tune. It'll take you back to rave and um, I, I think it's good because, and I don't mean illegal raves that are good, they're really not good illegal raves. I've actually, somebody tried to book me for an illegal rave with singing this song <laughs> this week. I don't think Rita Ora could make it, but I've uh, said no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting in the papers for singing an illegal rave. No, because we, we have got to stay safe But um, at the end of the day. But yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm sorry for being self-indulgent slipping it in, but it's because it's such a, a big rave tune. I think it'll be big. So I'm excited about it. And um yeah, and it would it would have been weird not to uh, mention it because I am excited about it. And yeah, but when you hear it, it is proper. <coughs> it's one of them. Well, everyone will it. get to hear it, Roby, because I put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast, so people can go oh, and listen amazing. to all your choices and some of the other songs that we've we've, we've had a natter about today. Well, well, I hope they all enjoy Doctor Kitch. <laughs> I put it in. <laughs> um. As we get to the end of 2020, Ryan, we're looking at 2021, hopefully, to be something um, a lot more freer and a lot more, you know, in, you know, something that will involve a lot more connection and, and uh, enjoy than what this year's given. Um, what are you looking forward to personally and what's happening professionally next year? I'm looking forward to just being able to go out, being able to fly. I, I, I travel a lot. Um, I, have a, I went home, I had a sick dog last year and he passed away in June and um, luckily I was here to nurse him so that's a good thing and he was 14 and a half but a lot of people knew he was like not well for two years I was carrying him around and and like feeding him and all sorts for two years and then he was on meds so I used to go away a lot to, to have a little break from my dogs to be honest and I was on tour and and I'm a very much a workaholic so when I wake up I am singing when I'm here so I need to get away um and I literally go for two or three days to Ibiza or to Mallorca or to, to Italy. I like to go to Malchesney, a place called Malchesney in Lake Garda on my own. Because um, you can with these cheapy flights and it takes two hours to get there. Yeah. And I like to be by water. I like to be by Lake Garda or by the sea. Um, and it's my little bit of escapism. So I've missed that. I can't wait to get back to doing that. And professionally... It's, it's going to be great. I'm hoping to do some gigs with the people I've been working with. Salado, Oliver Heldens would be amazing. Uh, Youssef, I've just done a fantastic tune with Youssef, which we're giving all the money to charity um, to help the children over Christmas, which is great. And Youssef's massive. Sorry, my dog's making a big noise. Um, 
But yeah, and also we've got Happy Mondays and James, the band James, we've got an arena tour coming up. I saw that. Uh, November and December, so that's exciting. And hopefully Glastonbury will be back on because we were due to play the 50th. Yeah. So if that's on, we'll be playing hopefully again. Isle of Wight, we've already been rebooked for. We're supposed to be doing a gig at Paradiso in Amsterdam in January. I'm fingers crossed, but I'm thinking it might be put back to the year after because um, yeah. January is probably a bit too soon. But I was so excited about doing that. So, yeah, more Mondays gigs, which will be great. Um, we've been asked to do a few TV stuff, me, Sean and Bez, but I'm really putting the music first, so I don't know how much yeah. of that I'll be doing. Um, lovely. Ro, thanks so much for your time today. It's been lovely oh, talking very to you. No, you've been lovely. Thank and, you. Uh, and have a smashing, have a smashing <laughs> boxing day at Bezzy's. That's a TV <laughs> show right there. <laughs> I hope I get home after the fact. How long are you allowed to stay out for? <laughs> thank you. Thanks, oh, for thanks loads. Cheers, oh, Ro. Welcome. See you Take soon, care. mate. Bye-bye. See you then. Bye-bye. There you have it. Thank you very much, Rowetta. Thank you very much, Leon, for helping putting that together. Um, really appreciate that. Um, that was everything I knew it'd be. It was great. Uh, just getting to ask somebody that was in the Happy Mondays in the Hacienda in 1988 what it was like. You know, these are you know these are glimpses into something that you know you only see in the documentaries. So it was lovely to to be able to sit there and ask her these questions. And you know, just crass. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought that Rowetta was into crass? Like amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm off to go and. Uh, Listen to uh, track two now about putting the needle in the uh, in the body. And uh, I don't know what you are doing, but whatever you do, have a lovely time. Be excellent to each other. And I'll see you again soon. Thanks loads. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It means stew with him. Eat it, boy.